Hey guys, Rusty here. Uh, this is a special episode. We actually recorded this one about a year ago and uh, just haven't uh, ever released it. There's some technical challenges and you'll, you'll hear a number of those, but there was some good content, some interesting stuff, uh, albeit some of it outdated. This is a like a Christmas Day present special thing, so hopefully you enjoy it. Hopefully uh, it's good fun. Forgive us for the audio quality, not a standard episode. Massive thanks to Butters, Johnny, and Steve for joining us for it. Anyway, we'll get straight into it, and uh, hope you guys are having a wonderful Christmas day. Cheers. You're listening to the Precision Shooting Podcast, discussing all aspects of precision and long-range rifle shooting. And now, over to your hosts. Hello, and welcome to Precision Shooting Podcast. My name is Rusty, and uh, I am sitting in front of a fire. And to my right... Butters, how you doing, mate? Good, mate. Yourself? Good. Welcome to SA. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you are, you're, uh, we're sitting uh, in front of fire. You quite like fires, mate, I've noticed. Well, I'm not allowed them up, up north. Yeah, right on. Yep. Neighbours so. get a bit itchy. I light a fire. <laughs> <laughs> it's you're not meant to light the fire at the house, mate. <laughs> that's, that's, these are these are rules that are you know common in social practice. I'm just making sure you boys are warm. Yeah, no, you've done well, mate. You've got a good fire going in front of us, mate. So uh, you're on your way over to Victoria somewhere, stopping into oh New South Wales, New South Wales, yeah. a bit of a crack, uh, a couple of shots with us, and uh, we've also got some other guests actually on this um, podcast. Goldie uh, over the other side of the table. Goldie, how you doing? Yeah, not bad. Good, mate. Thanks for joining us. Oh, it's a pleasure to be up here. Easy done, mate. Enjoying the fire that Butters has prepared for us. It's very warm. I had to strip some layers. <laughs> that explains why you're, you're looking quite nude. Um, on to the next one, Johnny also. Johnny, um, thanks for coming on tonight. Anytime. Awesome, mate. And, and Johnny runs uh, CNS Sporty Arms at Paraka, if I've got that correct. <laughs> yes, you have. Yeah, Lovely cool. place. So, um, great to have you on board, mate. It's a gun shop uh, north of Adelaide. So, uh, guys, if you are in Adelaide or anywhere nearby, uh, make sure you check Johnny out and uh, all his gear. How you boys all been? We're, we're down here. We're going to have a bit of a shoot. Uh, well, not now because it's quite dark and we've got a fire going and a couple of beers. So, no shooting now, but have a bit of a crack tomorrow. How you guys doing? All keen for it? Yeah, really keen. Yeah. Be a lot of fun. Yeah, excellent. But as you're going to... Slam it, mate, or you can't deal with the cold weather? No, nah, it's not cold enough. It's only going to be 29 tomorrow, mate, not yeah, 34. Freezing, freezing. <laughs> Turn it up. <laughs> oh, good. Well, as we did with some of the other guys on uh, an episode, um, it's probably fair to say, but as you've, you've shot a lot, you've been on a number of these podcasts as well and uh, shared some advice and ideas and stupidity. Pretty much, yeah. Yep, sums it up fairly well. <laughs> uh, but the other boys that are, you know, haven't done one of these before, uh, they are going to go through some of the questions we've asked uh, Danny and Dave not that long ago as well. And we've got a similar mix. Steve, you've shot a number of competitions and you're doing quite well. You've won one of them and you've, you've, you know, you're always performing quite significantly. We'd say you're a fairly experienced shooter in, well, in the PRS time. I'm long doing all right at the PRS at the moment. I've yeah. done, well, I think, eight competitions now. And, uh, yeah, I'm going all right. Going all right, yeah, cool. And Johnny, you shot a couple of this style of shooting. Shot two, shot shot a rimfire, and also shot centerfire. Yeah, and you've got a bigger background in other types of shooting, though. We, we probably, which we'll get into in a moment. Um, but again, we we've got sort of some good experience there, and then some sort of fresher experience. And we're really interested in to hear part of your journey, guys. 
Uh, and Butters, obviously, you can chime in whenever is appropriate, whenever you, you feel like it, when you're not tending to this immaculate fire you've got going. Mate, we've got to get it, keep it going. Yeah. Actually, the, the last time you were in SA, we did a podcast around a fire, I do believe. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it's good, good, to, Mate, good to have I've a theme I've got to get them in when I can. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. Anytime. Well, when we're allowed to. So, gentlemen over uh, on the, the side there, Goldie and Johnny, let's um, let's start with you, Goldie. Your shooting background, where, where did you get into shooting and, and what have you done up until this point? Give us a brief history. Right, yep. shooter but had a pistol license for a fair period of time as well and uh, basically yeah shoot any time I can and for those who are listening perhaps more overseas SAPOL is uh, South Australian police that's correct yep so it's obviously so that that was your first experience with a firearm is that right that was my first play with a firearm I'm, I'm not counting uh, using a rifle when I was a child uh, like an air rifle sort of thing yeah I'm not counting that yep Okay, so you didn't didn't grow up around it. It's just it's been introduced from from an occupational point of view. Yeah, that's correct. My parents didn't, well, still don't like firearms very much, and yeah, so I've uh, just learned it all occupationally, and then you know, with friends. And really taking the the social side of things and the competitive side of things, taking it further. And, and so you've done a, a reasonable amount of other bits and pieces. Over the Olympic style of shooting, and and what sort of stuff did you hunt? Uh, we were hunting out at Border Town, so uh, basically anything from uh, little rabbits and big rabbits to foxes, goats at all around there. I haven't actually got a goat yet. I have got um, deer, but yeah, and no, I haven't got a goat yet. It's not okay. exactly uh, high country there. Yeah, fair enough. That's all right. And what about you, Johnny? I know you've probably got more uh, quite an interesting story about your growing up and shooting and all that sort of gear. Old man was a pistol shooter for many years. Um, I started when I was a kid shooting, um, predominantly yep. handguns, uh, starting at 22 pistols, um, then moving up to obviously centerfire, 38s, 357s, um, then moved on to rifles after that, so I actually started okay. with handguns. So Yeah, and you still shoot that fairly often now? Very often, yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah, I guess from a... a uh from what I've seen in the shop, you've, you've definitely, got a fair definitely. bit to um, do with the handgun side of things, uh, pups and bits and pieces. As well, so and a trainer, so. Okay, yep. yep. Yeah, so there's there's a lot of involvement there. Yeah, cool. And and what got you into the rifle side of things? Ideally, like um, more I've always shot 50 metres. Pistol club having stuff. a very close sort of range, 50 sure. metres. Um, I brought a Savage 110 BA in a 300 Win Mag. And shot that at 50 metres? At 50 metres, yes. <laughs> All right, that's a good use of the gun. <laughs> so, um, I, I just got a question for you. Did your Savage actually hit anything at 50 metres? Yes, yes, it did. Um, I hit the <laughs> mountain in a burn. <laughs> Set off car alarms from the car park, too. God is giving me the, uh, the uh, evil eye. Because <laughs> that's what he runs. Um, yeah, yep. then Steve took me out a um, couple of times to Rusty. We came out. And yeah, yeah, we had a crack. Stepped it over 50 metres, which was actually <laughs> quite a good day. Actually, was that the first <laughs> time Yeah, that's when we came here. here. Yeah, yeah, and we were we came out and, and yeah. he shot, what, a 1,000 or something? or uh, 20 mile an hour winds, yeah. 13, 1308, 1310, was it? You said the distance was? 
Oh, the 1321. 13, and we did that in 20, 25 mile an hour winds that day in a storm, pretty much. Tail end of a storm. It was my first time too, so I mean, that was pretty good. <laughs> they all say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, awesome, man. Cool, and so you've you've done a couple of comps. You did all right in some of those. I, I did quite well, I think. Um, the rimfire, I did really well in until um, I had a bit of a malfunction there. And um, but yeah, I shot a couple of clays with a twenty-two rifle. So. I remember that. That's <laughs> right. Yeah, we had one stage on that clay sh- on that rimfire shoot where the clays were being launched from a clay thrower downhill, so you're always shooting into into dirt, uh, but you were trying to shoot them on the move in the air. And uh, I think you and one other person out of about. Twin, uh, about 15, 18 people. It was um, me and Dale. Um, oh, I got Dale two, Shepard. Dale got one. Yeah. I actually shot uh, one after each other. No one else got any. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah, it's a real acquired skill doing that one. Well, I've shot a lot of clays too, so. <laughs> yeah, okay. So clays have been a big part of it? Yeah, I've shot a lot of clays um, at International Shotgun Club, so mm-hmm. a lot out there, so a lot of proper SF clay throwing, so. Yeah, cool. It's um. I'm going to ask you a bit about that that pistol aspect coming across to the rifle stuff because we I guess a lot of the a lot of the guests we have hadn't done a huge amount with pistols, so I'm really interested to hear your thoughts on sort of transitioning from pistol and and you said uh, IPC a little bit IPC yeah yeah definitely. so how that's come across because that's a, a question that comes up quite a bit uh, and many of us haven't shot IPC so we don't have really a a good breadth of uh, of answer for that. So my next question, you guys, um, with the history. Actually, Butters, give us a bit of a rundown because I'm not sure we've actually done your background in shooting. Yeah. Have we? Yes. Let's do it again. <laughs> what was your background <laughs> in shooting? Uh, background in shooting, basically, when I was... There was a big spider behind you before, actually, and it's disappeared now. Just yeah, just a heads up. He won't eat. <laughs> <laughs> um, Only uh, bites the once. Yeah. Yeah, when I was in... When I lived in New South Wales, um, Dad would take me out spotlighting every now and again and... That's about the most I ever did shooting. Mainly, it was on the shotgun, chasing down foxes and rabbits on the back of the ute. But um, yep, I didn't really start competitive shooting or long range rifle shooting until I moved up to Darwin. And one of the fellas asked me to go and have a go at F class. Oh yeah, so I went yep. out and I shot F class, F class for a number number of years. And I still enjoy a bit of it. Um, and then I met my mate Bear, and he um he wasn't too interested in F class. So I thought, well, what's he always shot on steel, so I thought, right, oh, let's give it a go. steel a go, and then. And Bear was on that last podcast we did uh, around the fire. He was. I don't know what episode that was, but that was a while back. Let's yep. say thirty-eight. <laughs> Is that legit? Or I just have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon, I, to be fair, I reckon it was earlier than that, but anyway, Pro- probably. Anyway, um, yeah. So, and then pretty much out of Bear's prompting, I started up the practical rifle up in Darwin, and then. Pretty much been no, we doing that since. should have mentioned that you're involved with that. That's right. Oh, yeah. that's right. People know that. <laughs> I'm known by people. I'm, just I'm well known. <laughs> <laughs> For all the wrong reasons. What a shit that is. <laughs> yep. Pretty much. Cool. Cool. <laughs> that was your background. Nice. Well, yeah, that's it in a, in a nutshell. <laughs> Good. What about your background? I, th- I think people are sick of that. I want to hear it. You want to hear it? In... Six words. Can't hit anything. Still happy trying. <laughs> well done. <laughs> Cheers, <laughs> Cheers, mate. Cheers. So uh, anyway, we're still learning. Cool, gentlemen. Um, actually, this this question will go out to all of you. 
wanting to know, like, if there's any particular point that if through your journey, particularly in the long-range side of things, pistols aside and, and shotguns aside, although if there's something notable that's 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 actually had an effect on your long-range shooting, I'd like to know that. W- what's been some of the big points, big challenges you've faced and then sort of been able to overcome a little bit uh, and they've, they've made a good difference to your shooting? What, what's been some of the real tough stuff to get your head around? Butters, maybe I'll start with you. I was saying earlier when you asked me this, I remember there was something, but I couldn't quite remember. But off the top of my head, I remember, this is the only thing I can think of at the moment, I remember shooting F-Class for a while and I was always asking the fellas how to, or how much to come up from the previous weekend because we go out 100 metres every week. And I would always oh, right. ask the fellas, how how high do I come up? And I honestly had no idea I was green as green as. Mm-hmm. And they'd say, oh, yeah, come up, come up two minutes, four minutes or whatever. No idea what that was. And I don't think it was a while until I actually clicked what all that meant. And mm-hmm. then um, once I finally worked out, right, oh, if I zero this and then work out the actual trajectory, I can automatically hit the center of this target on the first shot and not worry about the siders. So I think with a short period of time I've, had to think about that question. I reckon that was probably it. Working out how to how to do the actual trajectory and the dope for your own rifle. Well, that's a really good point, actually, and that's probably one that that is often overlooked because we we uh, we spend so much time sort of teaching and working with getting guys to zero their rifle really well, and then learning what it takes to generate a trajectory. So that you can take your next shot at 800 meters quite you know relatively comfortably to be in the right ballpark. Yeah, exactly right. And I Ra- think rather than sort of starting out at 300 and then the week later going to 400 and the week later going to, yeah, really sort of nailing down the understanding. Yeah, and I think that helped me a lot. And I started um, started hitting closer to centre more and more often after I realised how how to work out all that um, the drop data. And mm, good point. Yeah, it's, that was pretty early days on my shooting, so you made me think about that one, you mongrel. Yeah, no, that's what I like to do. Johnny, anything for you, mate? Mainly just getting used to, like Butter said, the drops and um, mm-hmm. how to dial up and definitely remembering to uh, dial before you shoot. <laughs> That's probably the hardest thing. It's um, it's such a difference from pistol shooting, isn't it? That's not present in pistol shooting. You never worry about your drops. Um, you just shoot at the target. At the target, you shoot at the little plate and it falls over and that's about <laughs> as far <laughs> as it goes. Really? Because that, that wasn't my experience. It didn't fall over when I tried to shoot the thing. I've been doing it for a long time, Rusty. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, fair enough. Different point. Yeah, cool. <laughs> that's where I, I started with the Glock So that's where I went wrong <laughs> Well there's your problem <laughs> Right there <laughs> uh, Good what, Goldie what about yourself mate? Well, I had the similar kind of issues with uh, data I obviously started off uh, When I started doing rifle I was hunting um, I was fortunate enough to start off uh, Well rimfire And I chose scopes that already had the data on the dials Oh yeah So okay. um, yep, yep. it was a case of guessing the distance and that always goes well. You try guessing distance in the middle of the night. It, uh, yeah. Never works out the way well, you want. Butters is on the other side of the fire cracking wood open. I, could, I don't even know how far away he is. Yeah. 30 or 40 metres? Yeah. Something. <laughs> 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 okay, maybe maybe more yeah, like four or five. Thinking. Yeah. <laughs> actually mean to purchase it in the first place. I purchased a rifle with it on at an extremely good price. And I'll tell you what, I used it for years. It was brilliant. Yep. Um, I've since sold it um, purely because I wanted some other equipment and 
I don't need it with the style of shooting I'm doing now. I can do everything in scope with the Vortex uh, Razor. So yeah, okay, yep. Um, yeah, I've, after that, obviously, when I got in some decent long range shooting, then I learnt about creating my own data. And uh, yeah, it was a hell of a learning curve. I was pretty comfortable at that stage with uh, you no know, minutes of angle and mills and sure. different measurements, but it was still a case of you no know, learning how to create your own data and make it as accurate as possible. How long ago was that, Goldie, that you had sort of went through that that understanding change? Uh, let's put it this way: when I shot the first PRI with uh, yourself back, yep. uh, was it two Aprils ago? Yeah, so that would make it 2016? 2016, okay. yep. Um, I'd never shot 600 metres okay. at that stage. Yeah, right. So, uh, yeah, my long-range shots at that stage were four, 500 metres, absolute maximum, and I was using a 300 wind to do that. And obviously that competition, we had a 1,200-metre shot. <laughs> so <laughs> I made did. some data before that comp, and, yeah, I didn't hit the 1,200. Yeah, I think right. we had, what, do we have, 10 rounds to do it or something? And did you find, like, going through that process, because we teach that process uh, pretty rapidly now, and guys, you know, they, they sort of spend time at 100 metres and then the next shot's at 800. And they, they initially freak out until they start hitting the target within about three or four rounds. Yeah, I, I suppose it could be daunting for for people, but if you trust your data, it's, it's pure maths. Yeah. If, end of the day, it's maths and physics. Yes, the wind's going to play with it and the... Hey, temperature's going to play with it a bit, but it's not to a massive amount that you're going to miss greatly. You're going to see it in the scope downrange. And I I was always, when I started off long-range shooting, it was always, yeah, aim for a second shot hit. First shot's great, but second shot, I mean, you can make your correction in scope and hit. If you can do that as a beginner, that's great. Yeah, certainly starting out, yeah, absolutely. That's not nothing wrong with that. Yeah, nice. Very good. And has there been any other particular sort of big challenges that you work with? How, how's wind gone for you, Goldie? <laughs> I'm still fighting wind. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll be shooting later with a rifle. So, I've shot so, a grand so total of, oh, I don't know, uh, including the, the rounds I shot today. Oh, 30 rounds maybe? Yeah, okay. <laughs> so I'll, I'll yeah, know right. the wind on that. Yeah, no. Nah, wind is uh, subjective. I'll... I'll probably grab a wind meter out at some stage during the day once or twice and just check what it is and chuck it in the data and see what happens. Okay, good. So still a battle to, to be to be won, to be fought. Still a battle to be fought. I've, I've been spoiled for years using the 300 where you don't have to worry about wind. Okay. You just aim at the target or aim just off the target and it hits. Yep. Yeah, nice. Until until you go far enough away. Gray, mate. But as it doesn't work if you don't have a microphone, mate, it's very difficult to hear your questions. <laughs> so thanks for that. That fire's pretty bloody hot now. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, actually. That's uh, I'm sweating now. I, well, I did have a drink sitting there, but it's all evaporated, evaporated now. <laughs> yeah. But as you've written a stack of stages, obviously you run a number of comps a year up uh, up in Darwin, as well as running the big ones there, the two days. Yep. yep. What, what sort of stages do you really enjoy? Um, I like, I'll go with the ones I like to design first. I like to design stages that force, force a competitor to think about how they're going to go about that stage. Up stage. A strategic like, or where there may be multiple options of how they're going to position themselves uh, to shoot off a certain uh, barricade or a position. Something that makes people think and, um, because, yeah, people come to an event and they go, oh, right, we'll just go through the motions. Now, bugger that. 
yeah. Ma- make them think about how they're actually going to do this stage, make them game the stage, whether they uh, pick the right target to shoot at or if they um, do the right position to shoot at. Um, I like, yeah, I like to make people think for stages I design. Hmm. I don't particularly like shooting them myself. <laughs> <laughs> not, not that I find them difficult or anything. I'm just, I'm ever worried that I'll pick the wrong thing myself. So it's a vanity thing. Pretty much. Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, stages I like to do. Um, Surely you like barricade sort of stages. Not really, no, actually. Okay. I'd like. My barricades I don't like. They're hard. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have any of those fancy bags or barricade stops. (laughs) Yep. Um, No, I I tend to like the stages where we do move around a bit, like the boys have as well. Um, So movement seems to be a popular theme here in stages. I think the movement's popular because it's not the norm in a lot of other shooting sports other than, um, well, IPSC. Yeah, you probably raised a good point there. Where you know we, we can we can shoot a lot of different stuff like F class and bits and pieces, and the big difference is position and movement. Yeah, have you shot F class Goldie at all? I did do a little bit of F class. Uh, it was fine. I get frustrated with F class. So end of the day, yeah, that's why it's called F class. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, very true. Hey? <laughs> <laughs> right to the point with the guy. If anyone knows why it's called F class, please let me know because I've 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 wondered that, but I've never asked someone who knows. And we don't exactly have Google out here. No, not really. <laughs> okay, good. Anyway, those who are listening, please let us know why it's called F class if you do know. And it's not frustrated class. <laughs> I'm sure that's not the reason. No, it's not so much <laughs> the the target that frustrates me with F class. It's the people you're shooting with. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing punches. Wow. His name's Goldie, by the way. Just just expressing that his views are. That's all right. I make friends every day. This isn't going to change much. (laughs) (laughs) No, end of the day, I mean, I like using the muscle brake for my comfort and uh, ease spotting my scope. And uh, you go on an F class range, they'll turn around and shun you to the other end of the range and then you'll get the uh, the old codger come out and go yep I, i'm gonna set up for my shots we've got to wait and that's not a problem i don't mind waiting for people but when you're resetting your bench up for the third time and you've got the spirit level out and you've got you know a little scope to see where where your target is and it's not lined up and you do it again right it, it gets frustrating when you just you know we're used to just getting down there lying in any position or shooting off any position and make do with what you're doing I, I get it's a controlled sport, and hence why I don't shoot that sport anymore. Let them shoot it. I'll shoot my sport. Sure. Yeah. I don't actually remember how we got onto that. Um, there was there was definitely some reason as to why we ended up doing that. But I guess that, that you know, you guys have talked about your favourite stages being more along the movement side of things. And I guess, you know, a huge amount of PRS-style shooting is based around practical shooting. And that's where IPSC is, I guess, as well. Now, there'd be an argument made that IPSC is no longer as practical as it used to be because the, the methods have changed in the practical world. And look, I won't claim to be any, not even a remotely expert, not even a remote uh, amateur in that side of things because it's not something I know. But that sort of desire to do something that feels a bit more practical that you could put into the real world is certainly been the reason I think PRS, for example, is the, as the 
the you know the head of the head of the style of shooting moving forward uh, has become so popular because see guys see that what they're doing translates to you know from a field point of view from a hunting point of view so many of the skills are adaptable but we've, we've covered this on podcasts before dedicated podcasts to it before so i shall ask you the next question gentlemen um which is what are your most hated styles of stages Johnny, I know you've only shot a couple of comps. What did you dislike Im- immensely the most completely? What did you go home cursing people's names? Probably mine because they're my comps. <laughs> uh, it's always Steve's. It's all good. Um, probably the one I've disliked the most is probably Levels. I just found it a bit awkward to get down. Um, so that's a, that's a barricade heavy, yeah. lots of different positions rapidly. Um, I think also two of the gun I was using is quite big, heavy and long. So it's yep. a bit tricky to sort of like pull in, pull out and then sort of... Sure. Throw it through, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. Goldie, what about you, mate? What do you What do you dislike? And and it could be dislike that you just actually dislike it. You're good at it, but you dislike it. Or these are the ones you have to work on. Oh, there's lots of stages I have to work on. <laughs> One day I'll actually get out and practice. So no, why would you do that? I think uh, this will be the first time I've ever actually got load development done before I've come out. It's <laughs> not even your <laughs> We're gun. <getting> there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not my gun either. Nice. Um, no, no, stages I don't like. Well, there was this particular stage we had to run a long distance carrying a seven kilo plate I didn't like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, right, right. Was that one of Butters comps? Was <laughs> yeah, sure. I'll, I'll let that go. Similarities. <laughs> 700 metres would be the end of his range, wouldn't it? 500, uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, good. Yeah, no, no, that, uh, no, that was particularly... Uh, uh, let's say tiring and not exactly great fun. Challenging. I, yep. I get the idea behind it, but uh, yeah, movement's great, not too much movement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. So keeping it realistic, keeping it not, yeah, a, not I, a real physical test. Yeah, that's right. I end of the day, physical test, if we want to do a physical test, we'll all be Olympians. Um, but yeah, most, well, I can't say most of us. There are quite a few people that come out who aren't exactly. Uh, most of us are not <laughs> are not Olympians. Let's say that. Well, we're definitely n- not Olympians. Um, but yeah, no, it's a case of uh, most of us just general blokes coming out for a shoot, and that's sure. the whole idea of it. Yeah, um, we're we're not out here to. Uh, we're not in the military. We're not going around uh, training for a mission. And yeah, if you're training for a mission, awesome. Go run five hundred meters and take five shots. It's not exactly as easy as people think. No. No, I mean, I'd struggle with the running five metres. <laughs> no, running in general, I think, yeah, is the You and me, Johnny, that's not a chance, mate. Uh, not next, a chance. Can I use uh, Polaris in the next comp? Or? <laughs> <laughs> Let's make these boys run them, and uh, you and I can just sit there and wait till they get back, and then we'll shoot. Yeah, we'll put bit, the fridge bit. in the back, too. It'll be all good. Nice. But what about you, mate? What do you dislike shooting? You've shot a number of comps, not only just your own. Yeah, um, the stages I dislike, I don't. Most most of them I don't mind. I think the only ones I can think of that I'm not a not necessarily dislike, but I'm just not a fan of the concept of where it, this can be. For instance, in Mildura, where we had the the handgun and maybe the PRI, where we had the shotgun, you weren't required when you come off your rifle and went to that second firearm. You weren't required to hit the target. That part I'm not a huge fan of because it people can just put a shot into the dirt and not worry about it. I would 
me personally, I would probably prefer to see that target had to be hit. I know why sometimes that can't happen due to some safety precautions that need to be in, but but yeah, that's all I can really think no, of. You bring up a good point because I was actually going to say if, if I was talking about my least favourite uh, types of stages, it's the opposite of that. It's where the additional... Um, it's where the additional scenarios, like shooting a handgun or shooting a shotgun or shooting some other type of rifle, qualify for points in a precision rifle match. And I know we differ on this, which is which is fine. I'm not a big fan where you have arrived for a PRS type or a precision rifle, practical rifle match, and then you're uh, deducted points because you missed with a shotgun. It doesn't... Not necessarily worth points but just you had to move on before you you had to hit to move on it may not be worth points but you had to oh yeah sure but then then again it's i mean whether it's not worth points it's still testing it's still chewing up your time because it's testing your skill and i think i think it'll be an interesting development as as prs and look i've had this discussion with special greg a number of times actually we think in time that that the requirement to hit or points allocated to the shots on handguns or shotguns or something may actually become more and more of a requirement. Mm. I think shotguns are one thing because it's so much easier to hit stuff with a shotgun. You're only shooting 20 metres of the furthest and it's a scatter shot. Handguns can be a little bit different because obviously you can have sighting issues with those. Not everyone has utilised handguns. I've only sure. recently just done a little bit of shooting with handguns myself so uh so it it is hard maybe that can be the would you rather would you rather it be points allocated or hit to move or not points allocated or hit to move on or yeah righto we'll save that one it's uh, yeah yeah Yeah, I think we we both kind of disagree, but we kind of agree on points. We understand lo- we each understand other's, each points, other's points. Yes. Yeah, we've got a memorandum. Memora- no, I can't say the word. Memorandum of understanding. Memorandum. Right? No, you said it wrong as I've well. I've had one rum and I'm gone. <laughs> <laughs> Good. So we uh, we we certainly are. Yeah, it's an interesting topic that that comes up on uh, what came up for your comp at Dumrule. And came up with your comp about being dumb rules. <laughs> dumb rules. <laughs> came up with your comp about being uh, being pointed at, and and I think you know is happy to accept the rules of the comp and, and move with it. So, actually, you got guys, particularly guys who are in the US, we'd like to hear from you as to comps you've shot, be them PRS or not. I obviously you know the official PRS uh, rules and bits and pieces around it, but guys who've done those sort of comps. And then guys in Australia, uh, specifically, or other countries where it's developing, really interested to hear your thoughts. I don't know. We, we've gone to a serious moment, Goldie. Sorry. We've gone to a serious moment. Where, but asking asking for your thoughts on if you uh, attended a PRS-type match, a precision rifle match, and you were going to get po- s- scored points. So we're going to do it in the Would You Rather, but I'm interested to hear your thoughts. So elaborate later on. We'll put that on Facebook and on the website and stuff. It would be good to hear from you. Excellent. So I have some more questions for 
So in the competition world, what are some of your strengths? Goldie, I'm going to start with you. I've got a slightly different question for you, Johnny. I've got a quite slightly different question for you. So, Goldie, what about you with that one? What are some of the things that you do well at? And let's let me ask you why you do well at them as well. Left-handed, right-handed, you know, from a from a different platform. Anything you want to put in front of me, I'll shoot it. Um, I'm not overly fussed about. Well, I can't say I'm not fussed. I do want to hit the target, but I'm not going to beat myself up if it's something I've never done before and I don't hit the target. I'll go practice that later and improve on it. So it's not so much strengths. I just like to be able to do as much as possible. And if it's something I find I can't do well, I practice it. Do it later. I've noticed that about your attitude's really good on that side of things. Like even if it's really challenging, really tough, you just all right, we're going to do this. We're going to give it a crack, and that sucked or did really well. <laughs> but if it sucked, then you go cool. And and I've seen that over the last couple of years with your development of that side of things. There's stuff that you're doing now that you a couple of years ago you didn't have a chance. I mean, we expressed that before when you shot the one of our bigger private comps last year, and you hadn't shot beyond 600 metres and now you're pretty comfortable. You know, you're talking today, you're going, yeah, we're going to smack a mile, we're going to smack a mile tomorrow. You know? Yeah, well, we're going to put Johnny on the mile tomorrow. Absolutely. He's never done it, we've got to get him on it. So not only are you going to be able to do it comfortably yourself, but you're going to get someone else on it. So that's you know amazing to see and, and I know that's come from an attitude of, right, well, I can't do this, so how do I do it and work it out and practice away and do some drills and shoot and all that sort of gear, get your head around it and away you go. Yeah, it's been good to see, mate. Yeah, thanks. Butters, what about you, mate? Uh, I've forgotten the question now. I'm distracted. Do you remember what the question was? What am I good at? Yeah. What are you good at? Wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> that, that's what I'm asking. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, I wouldn't have asked. No. Actually, no, never mind. Stuff here. No. Johnny, <laughs> I don't, I'm not really that fussed about knowing. Johnny, well, my question to you, in, in, because I know you've only done a couple of sort of the rifle comps, some of the stuff that you have seen translate well from IPSC or, or that sort of competitive shooting – then coming into these comps, obviously some aspects like trying to shoot 1,000 metres has been perhaps more challenging, but having a head around how to sort of analyse the stage or whatever may become a little bit more simpler for you. What, think, what do you reckon? I think the whole process of actually um, acquiring targets, hitting them, moving to the next one, hitting them, um, and then if you do miss, not to let it get you down, just, just re-chamber and go again, um, yep. I think comes a lot from that as well. So I think just being able to not let things get into your head and just keep shooting. Such a big one, isn't it? Well, a lot of people do have trouble with it in any in, in any types of shooting clay, whether it be clays or silhouette or ISSF or any type of shooting. They have a couple of bad shots and it does get to their head, but I think that's my biggest strength with it. Just keep keep chucking rounds down range and hit something. <laughs> <laughs> as long as I've made noise, I'm happy. <laughs> you definitely know how to cycle the bolt. <laughs> Fair point. All right, but it's back to you, mate. What are some of your strengths? And I do want to know, and that's why I'm asking. As <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, my answer is going to go along with a question I want to ask the two boys. Okay. Is cool. I think one thing that I've practiced at, and probably the only thing I've really practiced at, is my time management with stages. Yeah, that's getting, a good point. Getting into position quickly and getting that first shot off quickly. But then also not stuffing around. If I feel like I'm stuffing around, I'll think, nah, bugger this, get that away, get rid of this 
position, that position might be no good. So you just get that away, try and get it on target, of course, get to the next position and then start again. Now, what I want to ask the two boys is how do you feel like your time management goes from the start buzzer to getting your first shot away? Do you feel like you're wasting time in that period? Um, and then during the stage, do you feel like you're getting through the stage well, you're not running out of too much time, that sort of stuff? All right. So um, I do a lot of things before the buzzer even starts. Uh, when basically as soon as the brief, briefing happens and I'm given distances, I'm already getting my data out. I'm writing up data cards and everything. So it's, it's making sure when I get on target, I'm going to be faster. Um, if target's within 600 metres, I'm not even dialing. I'm using no first focal plane scope, use the scope. Um, and basically, if we have 60 seconds and six shots, you know 10 seconds a shot. First shot's going to be slow because you've got to move to position. But after that, I I try to keep it around 10 seconds a shot. Um, but end of the day, if something's particularly hard and slowing you down, if you don't have to get a hit to move on, you know the next one's easier, well, have a go, move on to the next one. But uh, when we did the last PRI, I actually bought a stopwatch and brought it out to me on the yeah, stage. Okay. Yeah, nice. And I actually only used it on a couple of stages, but the big stage it helped on is running around with a seven kilo plate <laughs> because we had uh, a time limit to work to and distances we could run. So I set myself a, a time of how far I was going to run and what distance, ran out there with it. When the timer ran down, I dumped it on the nearest star dropper and came back and it worked. Yeah, just to clarify that stage, the idea was there was droppers or target posts every 100 metres and you had four, four and a half minutes to run out, put your target down and run back and for every 100 metres you got an extra round to shoot. So 100 metres you would have got one round, 200 metres you got two rounds. So that the compromise was how quickly could you do that to get out to distance and back and also be not completely puffed out to get your shots off. So... Yeah, a little bit of clarity around sort of the scenario you're talking about there, God. Yeah, yeah. Mm. and at the end of the day, only came down to, although I had the timer and everything, it, that one came completely down to, you got to settle yourself, get behind the rifle. I had about 30 seconds left to get my shots off, got the shots off, and then I went throwing up afterwards. <laughs> I don't think you're the only one. Yeah, definitely not the only one. <laughs> Johnny, what about yourself, mate? I think um, with myself... Um, being from an IPC sort of background, you sort of get yourself ready before you um, actually shoot, look at the stage, see how you're going to do it. Um, but the hardest thing for me is getting onto the rifle. Once I'm on the rifle and I've got a clear sight picture, then I sort of, as you guys know, I don't sort of take too trigger shy. I sort of just start peppering rounds out there. So once the actual... <laughs> when you've got a gun shop and you've got someone that's reloading for you, you sort of don't see the value in ammo anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great. Thanks. All the honesty has come out. And who uh, would that be that loads for you there? Oh, the Jake? wonderful man that's going to sight my gun in tomorrow. <laughs> and Butters, use it for a what a good bloke, mate. <laughs> what <are you>? uh, <laughs> lies. <laughs> no, Butters isn't sighting then because it won't be chewed in the same spot. <laughs> five, five feet right. Hey, can I, can I answer this one as well? Butters? Yes, you yeah. can. So I've I've found, like, and this has been a, a progressive thing, that initially I would be like, rushing to get into position, take that first shot as soon as I can and move on. And, and look, it, it worked fairly well. It wasn't too bad. I was relatively efficient in the movement. 
when I went to the PRS finale uh, to spectate, to arrow, to film and video and all that sort of gear, I watched what those guys did. And in general, they were very relaxed walking into position to get ready for their shot. Now, I mean, they weren't sort of taking a nap on the way. They were moving there, but they were not moving there uh, hurriedly. How do I say hurriedly? But but they were they were quick, but they weren't. Yeah, they weren't sort of rushed. And I started applying some of that, and I found it worked really well. And getting into a really comfortable solo position, taking the time you need to, and particularly with some practice, that became very quick. I think some of the points that you guys have both talked about, I'm sure Butters would agree with this one, is a lot of your stage is, is, is shot well prior to that buzzer going off. And so looking at the stage, working out what you're going to do, having a game plan, and then sort of enacting the plan. Now, if you've got the wrong plan, so be it. In fact, there's actually good value in deciding on the plan. It might be the wrong one. Go forward and move on. You better save that, butters. That that piece of timber's oh, just hurting. Watching it. Fall uh, out. Go go fix it, mate. Go <laughs> fix it. The enacting that plan and, and going forward, but then and you you stuffed up. You lose your wrong choice, but at least you backed yourself in and went with it. <laughs> I think you just tried to light my shoe on fire. <laughs> All right, that was not the plan you were going to enact. But anyway, thanks for playing it out like Perfectly that. Perfectly enacted. Yeah. Ah, good question, Mothers. That's a really good one because uh, one of the other things that I've done with time is I've always, recently, I've always been shooting with a timer running. And I've found that really good information mm-hmm. where yep. I've taken my time, felt, okay, I'll take it really slow and just take my time, get behind the gun, get ready and shoot, and then realise that's been five seconds or six seconds mm-hmm. and going, that's a lot quicker than it feels. One thing um, that I heard, it might have been Paul Paul Reed that said it. Yeah, but correct me if I'm wrong, but basically, what I've started doing is timing myself and giving myself twelve, thirteen, fourteen seconds. Yep. To get from starting position into a position, any position. And just getting a very good solid fire, uh, shot fired off. Not necessarily live fire, even if dry fire, but um, just getting into position quickly from start and getting a nice solid shot off, whether that's positional, standing, kneeling, prone, whatever it is. Yeah. Just going through the motions, just getting that muscle memory going, just so you can just quickly and efficiently get into position, set yourself up, line it up, and fire. And I think that has helped me a little bit um, just with, because what I saw is, let's say, a couple of the better shooters who weren't timing out, they'd go, go down, they'd get their first shot off within that first, let's say, 15 to 20 seconds. Hmm. And then there'd be some of the uh, stragglers who would take 30 seconds to get that first shot off. And it really showed out they would quite often time out where I'm not saying they need to go down and rush rush down and get that first shot off, but just that little bit of time management at the start of a stage, just being efficient in what you want to do does help a lot with, with time management. And I think that's something that a few people need to take on board. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Yeah, completely agree. 
One of the other things that is pretty common in this world is reloading. Johnny, maybe not so much for you when you uh, subcontract that part of your world out to others. It's Smart. a good deal and I like it. Smart move, man. <laughs> I've, I've done similar. I've done that with the brass prep and it's worthwhile. But I'm going to ask Butters and Goldie. And Goldie's obviously got lots of experience because he not only does his own, but he also does Johnny's. Has there been some reloading tricks or hacks or something on those lines? That, the, the ones that have stood out for you as slightly unusual but have worked really, really well for you? Well, I've, I've basically changed my reloading over the time I've done it just to improve it, make, make it a little bit faster than uh, it's previously been. Um, changing the equipment I've been using. Um, because I'm trying to do some really accurate ammo and uh, for some long range, uh, I'm particular about the uh, powders, and I haven't gone out and bought some really expensive uh, powder throwers, etc., like other people have. I've just got a good set of uh, scientific scales, yep, and a thrower and a pair of tweezers, and off you go. So, yep, did he? A bit of time, and it uh, it makes it a lot faster when you get used to it. Mm-hmm. But um, to make it better for myself. I've basically gone from using you know, your automatic powder throwers, which take a longer time than than I can doing it by just throwing it and using tweezers. Sure. Um, other than that, get yourself some decent stuff. It doesn't have to be top of the range, but some decent reloading equipment, stuff you can rely on. Yep. And uh, use that. A lot of my stuff's still Lee. Yeah. Okay. And they make you know, decent stuff. It's not the top of the range, but it works. Hmm. Absolutely. But as do you, I mean, being from Darwin, you just want to use a spoon and spoon in the back of the knife and just level it off and away you go? No, no, no. What so what I do is I put all, I've got a tray of 50. Yep. I put all the primed um, primed and ready to go cases in um, in that tray and I just pour the powder pour over the powder it, in. get yep. it in, level it off. Punch that. No, I don't do that. <laughs> oh, right. I, th- I thought that was a Darwin thing. Well, that'd be amazing. <laughs> I reckon some people do that. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> no, my loading techniques, they're pretty basic. I don't do anything special. I just make sure that the same amount of powder goes in each case and I um, make sure that I see. Same I, amount of powder in each case. Write that down, Goldie. That's good. I'll that's try go- that. That's that absolutely. might improve my, power, my ammo <laughs> okay. a little bit. Johnny, right, you, you knew into reloading, mate. That's I'll still reload pistol stuff. I'm going to punch oh, you right. while you're asleep. <laughs> <laughs> hey, mate, why wait? Why wait? <laughs> Ow. All right, good. You asked oh. for it. <laughs> um, yeah, no, my, my reloading's pretty basic. My arm's dead now. <laughs> <laughs> you, got this, you got the sweet spot. Yep. Okay. That's pretty much it. How did that dog get off the lead? She's not off it. She's just tangling herself up. <laughs> okay, good. You're going between the chairs. You have to get up. <laughs> this is a big fun. Idiot dog <laughs> takes after her owner. Yeah, that's right. How is your dog, Butters? <laughs> yeah, dickhead. <laughs> uh, sorry. Anyway, you were talking about punching someone and then doing the same amount of powder in each load. Mm-hmm. Yep. That was all? That's pretty much that's it, pretty eh? Much. No, if people come and watch my reloading, it's pretty basic. I don't do anything real fancy. Sure. No fancy stuff. Maybe at the when I work up the load, just make sure the um that bullet's seating as close to that lens as possible. I seem to find good results with that. Um, and then just find a powder charge that works. That's pretty much it. I'm mm. not the world's expert on reloading. I tend to find a load, and if it works, I load the crappers out of it and shoot it. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Oh, well, that's that's the thing. 
And if it works, if it's doing a decent group, then happy days. Everything else is going to be dictated by your shooting, really. Yeah. At uh, end of the day, I mean, I, when I had issues with some things I reloaded, you work out what that issue was and you fix it. One of the ones I had was uh, a particular brand of uh, lube I was using on the cases was, we'll call it reacting with the powder and your loads weren't exactly the same. And each oh, one really? Because obviously some of the powder's not no burning as well as the other powder when it's wet. So, Can you tell us what lube it was? I don't think that's very fair on them. You can tell us what lube it is. I can c- uh, cut it out if it's something. Oh, no, it was actually lime and spray, okay. which I actually find to work very, very well. Um, but as I said, it tends to, when it mixes with powder, it just doesn't seem to ignite the pow- uh, let the powder ignite very much. It, it wets it. Okay. Um, but I fixed that by very simply... Uh, Not using it. No, no, I use it, and okay. then I resize all my cases, and I put them through the wet tumbler afterwards. And so there's no lube off. left on it. It's probably not actually a bad practice to do anyway. Hmm. Yeah, do well, at the end of the day, if you clean your cases completely afterwards, it doesn't matter if it's before or after. Yeah. Although I did find out this time around that my tumbler has six and a half uh, mil long pins because right. they were stuck in all the cases in the neck. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, good. Good. No, oh, well, excellent. So, this brings us on towards the end of the podcast. Specifically, our would you rather question, which we had alluded to before, and we just got to get the wording right on this one. So, Butters, correct me or, or add into this discussion, but it's something along the lines of would you rather in a competition, we're going to go with three answers here. Okay. Would you rather in a comp in a precision rifle or practical rifle competition, and you had the opportunity to use a handgun, would you prefer that that hand that handgun or shotgun count for points? So when you hit it, you got a bonus for that. Would you prefer that, or would you prefer it to be one of those scenarios where you have to hit to move on? Or third option, would you rather? that it was a purely used as a distraction to get you up off the gun, go do something else and come back to the gun, hit or miss, you went through the motions to come back uh, to really focus on the rifle. Goldie, you look like you're ready for an answer. What are those three options? First <laughs> well, time we've done a three option, would you rather? All right, it's particularly hard. I don't believe in giving them points for something that you're not actually there to shoot. You're there for a precision rifle competition. It's judging your rifle shooting. Okay. Um, it, although I'd love it. I can shoot that. Yeah, yeah, understood. But uh, I don't think it's going to be fair on the people who've never shot a handgun or mm-hmm. can't shoot one. Um, well, or have can't a really say that because everyone can shoot one. They just never have tried. Um, so, yeah, end of the day, I wouldn't want points for it. Um, hit to uh, move depends on how big your target is and how close it is. On the end of the day, you could put okay. a handgun target at four metres. Um, when I first started shooting... The first target they put up for us was four meters, and that's the police teaching how to shoot at four mm-hmm. meters because that's yeah. where most of shootings happen at, at the distance of four meters on a torso-sized target. Sure, and you'd be surprised how many people can miss that. So once again, if you're doing shoot to uh, move, it's going to be an issue for some people, and it's going to eat up time where they could be a great rifle shooter and just a terrible pistol shooter. So y- at the end of the day, I'd be going with uh, option C. Um, just to get them off the uh, what about gun and get them back down. What about if it was a shotgun? Uh, once again, you get the same issue with a shotgun. What are you shooting? If you're shooting a moving clay, some people have never shot a moving clay. Yep. You're shooting a, a steel target. No, 
10 metres in front of you, yeah, absolutely, shoot to move. By all means, because uh, and if you can miss a steel target with uh, number sevens in your shotgun at 10 metres... <laughs> Something's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> well, as long as that steel some, target uh, does actually Someone operate. who is showing you the stage hasn't Butters? showed you how to use what? it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay, so you're, you're a... A C in most instances. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd be C. It has to be achievable. End of the day, you're not there to be judged on your pist- pistol or rifle. Oh, sorry, your pistol or shotgun shooting. You're there to be judged on your rifle shooting. And if it was a pistol competition, it'd be the same way around. You wouldn't judge them on their rifle. You wouldn't judge them on their shotgun. Johnny, what, you any thoughts on this one? Well, considering I can shoot shotgun and pistol very well, <laughs> and rifle I'm just starting out at. <laughs> you'll, you'll take all the points do, you can get. Is this a personal question or in theory question? Uh, let's go with both okay. um, for you personally, but then from a competi- from running a competition type scenario. Okay, if I, if I was in your shoes running the competition, yep. I'd, I'd probably just use it as a distraction just right. to get off the rifle, get onto something else, get back onto it. Sure. Um, as myself, if I was using one of my own handguns, um, yeah, I'd like to get the points for it, but I'm not there to shoot handguns. I'm there to shoot rifles. So it's sort of, I understand Goldie's. Yeah, okay. Right, um, what he's saying. But yeah, I also understand as someone doing it to get off the rifle, distraction back to it. Does it cross, does this start crossing into like a multi-gun, like a three-gun or, or multi-gun type comp where you, you arrive knowing that you're going to shoot precision rifle and pistol and shotgun and because you, you attend the comp knowing that you're going to shoot all three, you will practice all three and they're rewarded for all three. Well, once we're with handguns too, it's not everyone that comes out here has a handgun license and goes to the club regularly. It's a bit unfair to sort of judge someone who's been shooting handguns for 15, 16 years like myself yep. to somebody that who's jumped in it for a year or so to shoot this competition as well. But shotgun, I think generally most para shooters or um, precision shooters have used shotguns before because most of my hunters do. So fair. I think a shotgun will be fair. a little bit more... In yep. that sort of element, but as what, what, where do you? I mean, we oh, yeah. got a bit of an idea, but where yeah. do you sit? Well, if you're choosing one of those three, like like we said earlier, I tend to understand all points of the argument. I think, especially after listening to what Johnny's saying, and I, I tend to agree. I think when it, what it boils down to is it has to be situational. A cl- a flying clay going right to left for most people, isn't the easiest target to hit. If it's going away from me, it's a little bit easier, of course. Sure. Or let's say a steel target at 15 metres or closer with with a shotgun isn't isn't a hard target to hit. Uh, a pistol target at the same range is a much harder target to hit. Or a mm-hmm. steel target at five metres away is, again, easier. But I think another thing that I didn't think of earlier is... What were the repercussions of that those shots being taken? If you just spud one into the dirt, do how much of an advantage do you have over someone that's actually gone along with the sporting chance of actually trying to hit that target? Does it turn into are you gaming that stage? Oh, Goldie? Look, um, from what you're going on there, bud, I'd say that I mean, if you're put an experienced pistol shooter up against someone who's just trying to spud one off into the dirt, as you say. Yep. I mean, I'd say the experienced pistol shooter will probably get that uh, shot down range and that pistol back in a safe mode and be back on the rifle before the other yep. guy got the spud yep, down I range. Yeah, I agree. Okay, and that's just practice on a on a firearm. Mm, yep. But the whole point, I, I do like the idea of having pistols and shotgun in it and having almost your three-gun 
you know, stuff in PRS, but yep. it's not for judging on it. It's to expand the other sports. Yeah. At the end of the day, if they know they're going to shoot it, they go out and they experiment, and they might really enjoy pistol shooting. They might take up pistol shooting. Yep. Oh, I, I agree. It's just one of those hard things, I guess. Mm, absolutely. Like, like what Rusty says, he likes it just being a distraction. I think the distraction's good, but I don't know. It's just I don't know. I don't know about w- just wasting a shot into the dirt, like. Which even I, I admit I do it. I don't bugger it. I'm just going to put one in the dirt so I can get back to the rifle and keep going. Um, I, I think just personally, I'd like to see the effort taken to actually hit that target by everyone. That'd be that'd be nice to see in a perfect world. So with some of the stuff I've done, we've enforced. I and I know people sitting sitting listening to this are going to be screaming their <laughs> thoughts. This is going. This is like a frustrating topic for many people, but. The some of the stages that we've done, we've actually said that you have to have a you have to attempt to shoot whatever. So like the 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 twelve gauge one that two of you guys shot, we you shot uh, the rifle at eight hundred, come across, shoot at a clay, and and the the prominent word being there, you have to shoot at the clay. If you put that round in the dirt, the RO is going to say, "Sorry, mate, that's not even close to an attempt. Go again." Uh, the RO needs to be convinced that you were trying and you wouldn't risk not just at least trying to shoot at the clay to get called up to, you know, chew up another five, ten seconds. So, and and look, I yeah, from my experience from that particular stage, the attitude was fairly good. Guys would attempt, you know, they get the gun mm. up, they point yep. at the clay, they'd shoot, hit or miss. We weren't, we weren't in that scenario, weren't, you know, that's where I come back to it. We weren't testing whether you could shoot a shotgun. But you did take the time to try. It could be, and I think a few guys surprise themselves by actually hitting some yeah. stuff. Yeah, I think a good way to look at that is similar to IPSC, where you've got to try and engage all targets in IPSC. Um, if you fail to engage a target, you get deducted points. Well, in this case, you're asked to shoot, take another shot. So it could be seen like mm. that. Yeah, I actually, I, I, I uh, agree that like the flip side of not getting points for it or not hitting to move on, will we'll people could game it and ditch it in the dirt. Mm. But I think you could actually uh, counteract that by saying, if you don't actually make a fair attempt... You're asked to do it again. You're asked to do it again. Yeah. And and therein lies the... You don't have to hit, you don't have to do very well at it, but you have to, you have to at least attempt it. I think where it comes down for me to decide, no, we'll go with C, same as you, Goldie. I'll go with the option of, of I don't think it's worth points. And particularly at the moment, in Australia anyway, is that I would hate to see a competition decided between two guys at the top end of it because one could shoot a pistol slightly better than the other bloke could actually shoot a rifle. So the better rifle shooter loses because one guy got a few extra points because he could shoot the pistol better or shoot the shotgun better because we're there to test who's the best rifle shooter, not who's the best shotgun shooter. And if one guy was a little bit better at that. Now, the counter-argument is, well, the guy who shot the shotgun better was the all better all-rounder, but he may not have been the best rifle shooter on the day. So that's, that's I guess, where it, where it drills down to me. Um, it's a tough one. Yeah, and, and I don't think there's a... a a particular wrong answer apart from anything that disagrees with what me and Goldie said. (laughs) 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 No, but we're really, uh, this one's, well, uh, for me and about as I'm sure you're the same. Can I throw another 
one in the mix. Yeah, well, once I finished, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, this is one. We <laughs> <laughs> this is one we're really we're actually really interested to hear the comments and and hear the suggestions from you guys is to um, sound out what what you guys think, whether or not this uh, the the pistols and the shotguns in a precision rifle comp. And I stress that this is not a multi-gun or a three-gun comp. This is a precision rifle shoot. Whether or not it should it should matter. We've got quite passionate about this topic, but us. And we're going to punch p- up later. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you're <laughs> going to throw this into another. You got another point to make. Go we'll on. Put you in the Go fire. Hey, no, so I've got I just want to. I've got a counterpoint. No, it's not so much a counterpoint. No, it's I another d- thought point. Sure. What if instead of was, let's disregard the shotgun and disregard the pistol. Yeah. What if it was another rifle? Oh, here we go. There you go. That's it. What if it was another rifle? Well, I believe can I told I, you on, to do on. a stage like that, didn't can I? I, I can did I, do a stage like can that. Can I clarify? Can we just make the discernment? Is this a rifle with, with like a precision rifle with optics on it or a precision or some sort of rifle with iron sights? Can you just clarify that for me? No. Right. No, it's no, iron no, no it, it, that's open-ended. So it can be either or. You mean or, open-sided? Well, let's say, for instance, Goldie gave me an idea of using both an old SMLE, which I... Somewhat used in my our well, our big shoot, and um, and then also your own personal precision rifle. Everyone used this one open sided rifle or um peep sight, and then the uh the post at the front for this this rifle, and it was pretty well sighted in. It <laughs> hit the vicinity. No, it, it was, was on the same range. It was You're shooting right. an inch and a half to the left at two hundred meters. So. Yeah. So anyway, it doesn't doesn't matter. Right. Would does our <laughs> discussions change now that that distraction piece is now a rifle? I would definitely score that. A- end of the day, you're there for a rifle competition. Um, as long as everyone's been given. Thought you were on my side, Goldie. I thought you were on my side. <laughs> he's crossed yeah, over. He's crossed over. Rifle. He's on the lock. And I like iron sights as well. Ah <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, what, again, what about I like to be good at everything I try. What about so it? I've, I've they should get points for shotgun and pistol. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's not but a I rifle. I thought you want to be good. No, no, never mind. A never rifle mind. shotgun with a slug in it? We can do that if you oh, like. Right. That'll be interesting. Okay, oh, now, that now we've mixed I've up. got one with a scope. You want to put that one out there? What about a shotgun with a sabo? It'd be with interesting. A proje- no, never mind. Um, what do you reckon, Rusty? If the distraction was another rifle, albeit if it's scoped or open sided. Yep. Do you think it should be scored, hit to move on, or just attempt to hit the target and move on? You know, it's it's. I I know what I prefer, but I'm not actually convinced that's the right answer. So this this came up obviously in your shoot in Darwin, yep. and people probably hear my disdain at the fact that we had to do it in the podcast <laughs> um, <laughs> where we shot this stupid gun with open sights that couldn't hit anything. I'm happy to be People corrected did on hit that. Three yeah. out of three I was waiting rifle. for you to say that. And that's good. <laughs> they took 15 shots to get to it, but anyway, that we warmed them up for them. What a lie that was. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, but like, so my personal preference would be no, because I'm I'm here to shoot a precision rifle shoot. What if it was and a that, scoped and that, rifle? And that involves scope. We'll get to that because we're okay. not talking about that yet. <laughs> and so, but I, I, to be fair, that's probably a skill that I just I haven't worked on and and it, I personally lack. Do I think it should be scored or not? I don't 
don't know. Maybe if it's if there's the the indication on it that it's going to be coming in the comp. So a little forewarning. Little forewarning may allow you to train for it. I guess that's probably the crux of a lot of it is that I'm going to practice for a particular event and I know what I need to practice. Now, I don't know the details of the event, but I've got a fair idea of what I need to practice. So basically, I'd let's say I do a shoot next year and I give out fair warning that open, open sites, sites may, will appear. Or may or will be appearing. May, yeah. Um, in that case, I'm forewarned and I go, well, I better I better work out who's got an open site gun that I can use and or work out how to use a Picatinny rail as an open site. Yeah, get your old 22 out. Start shooting them. Yeah, they've got scopes on them. And so, yeah, so that Posh. it's, it's, I'm going to say that I, I personally am not a big fan of it because, but that's really personal in terms of the point of, I, I'm not great at it. I can fix that by practicing. And I don't think it, I don't think that necessarily takes away from the comp, despite my comments on the day to you. <laughs> Dumb rule. So, but with a scoped rifle, I think you're in the same ballpark. You're now leveling the playing yeah. field by by making a common gun, yeah. and therefore I think it's probably quite acceptable. So, whatever part of the would you rather that would be is, um, yeah. is that's a supplementary question. What if the additional gun is a another rifle? Is another rifle? Option A, open sights. Option B, scope your off. We're asking your listeners a lot. We are. We, we're what, asking it, what do you and, reckon, and, Johnny? And would you guys like to buy some coffee mugs as well? Because <laughs> um, we got coffee mugs on Projectile Warehouse you guys can pick up. And we did some T-shirts not long ago. Shameless and we'll probably plug. do some, some more of those as well. Shameless plug. <laughs> Hashtag buy a mug. Smash it. <laughs> Let, let's ask Johnny. Here's an answer to this one. Well, yeah, what do you on. reckon? I think the open sight rifle is no different to a pistol or a, or a shotgun. In essence, that you're there to shoot precision rifle, and it's it is a distraction. This man still. speaks the truth, butters. Right. Yes, but in saying would... that, because I know I can shoot shotgun and pistol very well, so to me, it's no different to shooting an open sight rifle. So once again, the people that are used to using the older rifles uh, will have a definite advantage. Um, I suppose uh, the people gone there to shoot are using scopes and more modern rifles. So I think it's the same sort of deal, just a different kettle of fish. I'm still going to use open sight rifles in my <laughs> shoots. <laughs> 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 and and that's probably fair. And, and uh, yeah, we're really keen to hear from listeners actually on this one because... Well, it's the perfect excuse to use an old 303, isn't it? Yeah. I don't blame you, mate. Yeah, I had is. a 303. It was great. I shouldn't have sold it. That's not the point. <laughs> Yeah. So good, why'd you get rid of it, Steve? <laughs> I needed a scope. Got <laughs> <laughs> half a scope. Oh good. Oh good. Well that's that's probably one of the most interesting and, and debated would you rather's that we've actually had. So guys I, I think, think we need to put a poll on Facebook about yeah, this. Yeah, we'll we'll work out how to do that. Multi multi faceted poll. Poll. poll Two polls, because we need to add the rifle as a second one. <laughs> Two polls. Right. All right. Well, we shall wait to listen to your answers on that. Um, obviously, uh, we got quite into that discussion. That was almost a, its own podcast. We shall put that up and wait to hear from you guys as to what you guys would do. So, guys, thanks heaps for uh, taking some time out tonight, sitting around this beautiful fire that Butters has uh, mastered for us. Stone and up. those those coals, well, here's actually the reason I'm wrapping the podcast up, is because those coals are looking golden and we have marshmallows here. 
and yeah, we before butters puts more wood on it. Yeah. No, yeah. no, no. <laughs> I've I've deliberately not put any more. Get rid of the flames. We so are. we got fresh coal. It's marshmallow coal. time. Just potatoes or anything? Because that'd be good now. Yeah. Sorry. All nah. out. Okay. Oh. All out of potatoes. All right. Good. Well, we uh, we shall crank some marshmallows, guys. Thanks heaps for listening, Johnny Goldie Butters. Thanks all for being on tonight. Appreciate your answers; they were very good. Hopefully, you guys got something out of it. Make sure if you do like what we do, uh, jump on Patreon and support us. That would be amazing if you do. But we'll be doing the podcast anyway, so you guys can listen to, even if that's not an option for you. That would be brilliant. All right, guys, we shall talk to you soon. Cheers, lad. You can usually say something like, "Yeah, cool." Cheers. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Rusty. Butters is just doing creepy noises. Butters being creepy? No. No. Thanks for listening to the Precision Shooting Podcast. To continue the discussion, check out our Facebook page. And for more information, head to our website, www.precisionshootingpodcast.com.au.